First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. And first story that's come across our desks today is France have made 12 changes for their match against Uruguay after beating the All Blacks 27-13 Saturday morning, wasn't it? Uh, The coach Fabian Gaultier decided to rotate his players. 12 changes only Cameron Woki, Yoram Moifana and wing Gabin Villiers retain their starting spots. Uh, Anthony Yalonich, uh, sorry, Yalonch has recovered from a knee injury and he will feature at the Rugby World Cup. Uh, he is a flanker and he will captain France and he will start at number eight against Uruguay in the Pool A match on Thursday, uh, Friday New Zealand time after making a satisfactory recovery from knee surgery. Gaultier said he's going to field the best France team of the moment, despite all the changes. He explained his players need to digest the victory over three-time champions New Zealand and switch the focus to a new challenge against Uruguay. Uh, That is a team ranked... Uruguay have the 17th ranking on World Rugby Rankings. Uh, They shouldn't pose a problem to France, and Gaultier said he took into account the time played during World Cup preparations as well as the need to preserve his troops for the remainder of the event. And Uruguay will be playing their first game of the tournament against France. Uruguay have caused a few, um, not upsets, but they've performed really well probably just the last 12 months on the seven circuit, and they've got a few of their sevens players into that Uruguay squad. Uh, Defence and 15 class players are going to be the things that hold them back, but expect a little bit of excitement. What was the game they won or came very close? Was it last or two years ago? I mean, was it the last World Cup? Wasn't there a game where they... Uruguay? Yeah, did they win? I remember it being like headlines. I was trying to chase someone out of Uruguay. I'm pretty sure I got someone out of Uruguay. Oh, really? I think they beat someone, like not a big name. Like they might have beaten like a Namibia, but it was like their first win at a World Cup or something. Oh, wow. Because I think, I think Nam- it was at the last World Cup. Yeah, because I think there. Namibia, they haven't troubled the scorers yet. You Are you hunting it up now, Sammy? Yeah, I, th- I, it was, I think it was in the 2019 um, World Cup. So they were in a pool with uh, Tonga, Samoa, and Canada. Um, just seeing here. Oh no, they were in a pool with Georgia, Fiji. Yeah, they got to win. They got to win. Uh, they beat. Uh, they lost to Georgia. Uh, they beat Fiji, thirty points to twenty-seven. Wow! I remember that, and I remember it being massive. Like it, it consumed Uruguay at the time. Because here was this like you know country that just had never won a rugby world cup game, beating Fiji, who you know are no pushovers mm. from their point of view. And they were pretty good at the last world cup. They were, yeah. Um, Even better this world. So cup. anyway, we'll see if Uruguay can uh, do something special against France. France, France. Also, also, um, remember Tom Curry? Uh, he was handed a two-game ban at the World Cup last night. 
following a sending off for a dangerous tackle in the team's opening game against Argentina. Uh, the ruling said he was too upright when tackling Juan Cruz Malia as the Argentina fullback was coming down from a leaping catch in the third minute. They collided heads and Matthew Reynal yellow-carded Curry and then it was upgraded to red by the bunker and the look on his face when it was he was on the bench or on the naughty chair and they handed out yellow to red and he was distraught. Uh, there was a virtual disciplinary committee hearing and the panel said the offence carried a sanction of six matches which was reduced to three because of mitigating factors such as he admitted his guilt, he's got a wonderful past record and he also apologised. He only has to serve a ban for the first two matches against Japan and Chile and providing he completes a coaching intervention programme which he's going to do. Uh, that means he's free to play against Samoa in Lille on October 7, which is England's final pool game. And they are, of course, already without two key players, are England, uh, Owen Farrell and Billy Vunapola, against Japan because of suspension. So they're three men down for that game against Japan. A um, couple of texts. Uh, they beat Fiji. Chris has just told us. Staffy, would Julian Sevier qualify to play for Samoa at the Rugby World Cup with stand-downs, etc.? Um... I would say he would, actually. He probably would. Has he been out of it for long enough? Has he been out of the All Blacks for long enough? Um, he's. I feel like he's been out of the All Blacks longer than the likes of Malakai Fikitoa, who's playing for Tonga. I'll ask him, actually, if, if he gets back to me. Has he yet? Hasn't yet. Um, yeah, so that's that's interesting stuff. Very interesting too. We touched on it yesterday. Steve Hansen, former All Black coach, he was on NZR Plus uh, talking about, or while he was in camp with the All Blacks, and here's Steve Hansen on joining the All Blacks camp. Well, Foz asked me ages ago to come down and see if I could spend a couple of days, so I said yes, obviously. And... Um, it's just been around the boys and seeing how they are and how they're coping and talking to the coaches and um, it's like, you know, when I went and visited Australia, that's like seeing your cousins, but this is like seeing your real family and you know, I think they're in good shape. I think, um, you know, I know a lot of people have read into the fact they didn't beat South Africa and they lost to France, but the reality is they've, you know, they've got to make the quarterfinals and that's going to be a massive game when they do, so... Um, nothing's changed, has it? Yeah, also Steve Hansen was asked about, because we've got a few youngsters there, a few few players in their first World Cups. Uh, the biggest advice for him in his long coaching career is best advice for young players. Um, I, I, look, I think the biggest thing that trips up young players is they worry too much about selection and they can't control that. You don't control selectors. Selectors pick the team. All you can control is your preparation and your performance. So if you're thinking about, oh, you know, I'm not getting selected and, well, I want to be selected, want to be selected, want to be... You're distracted. You're not actually putting in the effort that you need to to make yourself a better player. And and it plays, you know, havoc with with your mindset. So for me, my advice to myself and to any young player would be don't worry about selection. You just get yourself ready to play. If they pick you, then you're ready to perform. If they don't pick you... What have you lost? Nothing. Um, you'll get an opportunity sooner or later if you if you keep knocking on the door. That opportunity will come, and you'll be ready for it. Feel like he's talking to Sean Stevenson there. I feel like he's talking to players like him. 
Um, interesting advice that, uh, and I'd imagine he'd when he was ringing players when he was the All Black coach, just saying, "Look, you know, you're close. Um, don't get down. You're close. You're knocking on the door." It's interesting advice. Just sharpen your tools, play your game, and eventually you will get picked. And a lot of a lot of All Blacks didn't get picked till later on in their careers. Across all sports, actually, some some players don't get picked till not the twilight, but well into their careers. I I seem to think Conrad Smith was wasn't a young pup when he got picked. And I think about some of the Aussie cricketers like Mike Hussey, one of their best ever cricketers. He didn't debut till past mid-20s, again from memory. Michael Bevan and maybe another one. Um, so there's been some late developers, and he's saying just keep knocking on the door. Um, we do have Victor Vito coming up after 1 o'clock, but we do welcome your calls and texts on 8833. Well, that's the text. The phone number is 0800 150 um, There's some really interesting chat. We played you something out of the Big Jim Show. We'll probably take a bit out of that because it's it's wonderful. Uh, Jim Hamilton, former Scotland lock, and Stuart Hogg, I think one of the best ever Scottish um, playmakers. They have these. They have an inflatable couch and an inflatable chair like blow up ones on pitch side and they chat about players, chat about teams. We're going to play you that after the break when they were talking about the threat of South Africa. And the, and the bit I want to touch on is the um, the importance of the Springboks to the country of South Africa being more than just a game and um, how different I feel the relationship between the rugby fans in South Africa and the Springboks, the French rugby fans and the French, the Irish rugby fans and the Irish and the New Zealand rugby fans and the All Blacks. I feel like the relationships are all quite different. So we'll we'll dig into that after the break, but uh, you're always welcome to give us a call 0800 150 811. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. Not Rugby World Cup, but I've just seen, you might have seen this earlier today, Sammy, the Black Clash, which is the big bonanza of cricket. Brian Lara is playing this year. <laughs> or next year. Is it next year? It is. I did see that. I thought it, I, did, I didn't actually click on the article. I saw the West Indies. I thought it was Chris Gale. No, it's Brian Lara. He's going to great man don the pads this summer in uh, Mount Monganui. Um, just going to see if they've named anyone else. They're probably going to drip feed us names, aren't they? Um, that's great. That is fantastic. Uh, both teams are taking shape, and fans could expect to hear more announcement of star players shortly. They just drip feed them, same as the ASB Classic. Brilliant. They drip feed them. Um, there's been a little bit of controversy, maybe. Uh, Rugby World Cup Chiefs are saying they're going to keep the controversial school choir national anthems, uh, despite coming under criticism from fans. Uh, they've got no plans to alter the way they're being sung at the tournament. Um, the decision by French officials to commission school choirs made up of students from diverse backgrounds to do renditions of national anthems has been met with unanimous, unanimous disdain from supporters of 
on all sides. Fans from all nations, including those who have travelled to France and those watching at home, have argued the choirs have sucked the life out of the pre-game atmosphere and made it difficult to sing along. For many, the anthems are a key part of uh, rugby's patriotic fervour. Reports in France uh, in the French publication Midi Olympique suggested the game's governing body, World Rugby, will discuss changes by the way the anthems are being sung this week. However, male sport has been told that there are currently no plans to make alterations ahead of the second round of the pool stages, which starts on Thursday. I, I haven't watched any of the anthems pre-game, but I did see a video before the tournament of the school choir that was singing the New Zealand national anthem, and the Maori pronunciation was bang on, bang Who on. Who the heck wrote that article? Because unanimous, well... You have one person who's anti that article right here. So not unanimous. Staff around the world has suggested. So you've seen some of them? I've seen all Well, yeah, most of them because I've obviously been in here oh, doing the games. Yeah. Um, and we, we take the anthems live here on SCNZ. It's cool for sport. Now, <laughs> I I think the anthem, anthems are fantastic. I, I understand that, you know, the, the tradition is to have one person singing it. That's sort of what we've always done. And I think in a way one person does make it easier to sing along because you're only following one person, whereas with a choir they sort of – some people sing different notes, different parts all coming. Uh, yeah. But it sounds – I think it sounds amazing. I think it's cool that it's sort of a, a kid's choir. It's not like a big, you know, adult's choir. And like we're not, when they sang the Fijian national anthem the other day, which is an amazing anthem, it's very sort of um, emotional. Like I was getting goosebumps. It was that sort of um, powerful. So I don't know who, uh, who's on this trend of the, the anthems suck. I think they're amazing. And maybe mm. I've missed something here. Maybe, I, maybe there was one that was really bad that I didn't hear that apparently, you can know. Can you but, see if you can find the Fiji national anthem and, uh, and well, we can play it? I could, I could probably just get it from our coverage. Oh, yeah, true. I'll see, I'll, let me have a quick look. Okay, you have a quick look. Uh, someone's just texting saying Frank Bunce was 30 when he was picked. Yeah, great. Great shout. Great shout. Well, Sammy finds the anthem. Hopefully you'll be able to find it. Uh, the other story, we were going to bring this to you yesterday. You may have heard it, but I find it, it's it's quite funny. Um, the referees, if you take a close look, a close look during the matches, are not wearing watches, even though they're their sole judge of time. But the referees the very ones who stipulate the law book, um, do not have a watch and they will be relying on the TMO and the stadium clock and the siren. And it's because of a row between Tudor, who are World Rugby's timepiece partner, I guess you could say. Uh, in 2017, Tudor, which is uh, a sister company to Rolex, uh, signed a seven-year agreement with World Rugby, which saw their brand become the official timekeeper of the 2019 and this year's Men's World Cups and the 2021 Women's World Cup, which was played last year. But it has hit a snag. Uh, Tudor remains the sponsor at the Global Showpiece, uh, which promotes the fact on their website they, that it's Rugby World Cup up the wazoo. But they this year they've decided not to provide the referees with watches, as was the original deal. And it's because Tudor found out that one of the refs at the 2019 World Cup, who is now retired, so it wouldn't be too hard to figure out which one it was, went on to sell his watch after the tournament on Trade Me or eBay or something or a, or a watch shop. Uh, the referees were never told they weren't allowed to sell their watches. And it was said to have caused a great amusement amongst the referees when they were informed last week that Tudor will not be providing them with a watch. But the company said if the referees wear a watch, it must be Tudor 
self-sourced. Go and buy one. Do you know how expensive Tudor watches are? Sister brand of Rolex. Um, or they could wear a Garmin watch, which is another brand of theirs, which, well, it's not considered direct competition. And the referees have decided as a group they're instead going to just not wear a timepiece altogether for the whole tournament. Uh, the sponsors are angry, and it's all a little bit petty. It's just so poor. For the first time ever in a World Cup, for the first time ever in Tier 1 Test matches, the official timekeepers of a game are not wearing watches. Amazing. Amazing. Someone here said the Rugby World Cup 2011 anthems were sung by choirs here in New Zealand. I don't recall, but I take yeah, they your were. word for it. They were. They were sung by choirs. Ah. Yeah. So um, I do have the Fiji one. So this isn't um, – the quality probably isn't as good as what you hear through TV because obviously this is coming to us through a feed. Then it's getting beamed out on our station, and that's off sort of great from that. So it might not come through as clear, but I think you'll get, we'll the, get idea. the idea. And particularly just the sort of the last part of it, staff, where they – anyway, this, this, is, this is what we heard uh, on Monday morning. Can't tell me that doesn't sound amazing, Stan. That's beautiful. I love it. it. You know, it's kids singing and the harmonies were there. And I think too, like maybe not, maybe not on radio, but like when you're watching the, the Fijian players singing that with the tears rolling down their face, and you're hearing that, I think it's fantastic. I honestly, don't know what people want. And then that text that came in says it sounds like a cat being caught in a washing machine. I don't know what they're listening to. Maybe, like I said, maybe there was one I missed. Maybe there was a good, a, a really bad anthem mm. that from one well, of the teams. Was, uh, that text was. Uh, the anthem. Oh, I thought it was the New Zealand one, but and then we have one from Mikey saying, uh, "Read the anthems, crazy." I thought the choir who did our national anthem is by far the best anthem I've heard when we were overseas. Mm. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know, Steph. I don't. And maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. I just hope the kids aren't seeing the reports that people hate no, singing. No, that, that's the other thing too. Like it's kids. It'd be a different story if it was this sort of like local choir and people think they stuff pronunciation it sounds or whatever. But yeah, mm. these are kids singing. I just think it's fantastic. People need to, you know, have a can of Mountain Dew. Right, I'm going to play a piece now out of the Big Jim show. Uh, it could be a regular feature because I do enjoy hearing these two guys that both played for Scotland. Uh, Jim Hamilton, former Scotland lock and Stuart Hogg, former fullback, wonderful attacking fullback. They had a chat on South Africa at this Rugby World Cup and what the Springboks mean to their country. It resonated with me. Have a listen. Let's talk about the South African team. I thought they were going to be limping into the tournament. I haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. 
but I should do on the Big Jim Show live. So on pitch side, I should know. But there was, I think there was a hope in my mind that South Africa wouldn't be the same team. Sia Khaleesi's been out with injury. Eben Etzebeth was out with injury. Cheslin Colby's been knocking about in France, and there's been a few kind of dramas around him. When you look at it, Peter Steftatoy's been injured as well, to name some players. When you look at it, when you look at it, they are primed now. What is it about South Africa on these World Cup cycles? And there's, there's I mean, how good is it seeing all the South Africans mate. here? In, in France, it's amazing. They love their team. Oh, mate. They are so loved. Do you know what thing is? So like, easy I'm, to follow. I, I remember as a kid growing up, right, and used to watch, like, the Super Rugby used to watch all South Africa when they played Tri-Nations games, and I just loved how passionate every South African is about their team, about their rugby, about their country. It's a special place. You talked about, you know, Sia Khaleesi, for instance. I'm pretty sure he'd done an ACL about four months ago. Apparently so. Mate, like, that's that's a nine-month injury. How, how is he back fit and doing that? It's just an absolute legend, man. Like, there is there is something in the blood, mate. There is something in the blood there because they, they just love it. As you said earlier, they live for the game of rugby. And when you live for it and you love it, you perform like they do. And sometimes, mate, you got you got to step back and admire what they're doing. And then other times you got to go, do you know what? Let's go and stuff them. Let's go and try and, you know, beat them again. They brought on a 7-1 split against the All Blacks. And I remember, you know, speaking to a few boys afterwards that, that spoke to several players, and they said all they wanted to do in that game was beat up the All Blacks. You've got a 7-1 split. Never been done, I don't think, in, in rugby. So you've, you're literally taking minus Peter Stepp to toy off. You've put the full, the full seven on the bench. And they've came on and made one hell of an impact. You know, they call them the bomb squad. Mate, they've got 23 boys that you're going, right, they've got big Sia Khaleesi going off. Perfect. We're going to have a lot of rest now. And then who's coming on next? It's just, it, it's mental. Well, I can tell you, if they bring off Mostar, they're bringing on R.G. Snyman, who yeah, exactly. is double the size of me. He's even bigger than Eben Etzebeth as well. It's, they've just got an embarrassment of riches that can all do a job. Physically, they're skillful. They're passionate. Mate, genuine, it's like, you look at teams and you're like, if you if you didn't represent your nation, if you weren't a Scotsman and a proud Scotsman at that, which team would you like to play? Which team would you like to play for? Yeah, South Africa are my second team. Mate, but I love South Africa. I love what they stand for. I love the story. I love the humans that they are. I love their history within it's, this tournament. There's a phrase in it, like, they are so right about South Africans and how much they love their team and we heard from Sia Khaleesi about the he understands the importance of their team to their country but there's one thing there they love their team South Africa love their team unconditionally New Zealanders love the All Blacks when they're winning it's not unconditional and it's a it's a it's a massive difference, isn't it? And I and I feel like it's probably well it is the same in France, it is the same in Ireland they are so connected, the fan base, to their team, but we're not. And that's an observation. It's not a criticism. It's not a judgment. But the the connect isn't there, is it? Um, it I feel like the All Blacks have to work harder to get that connection than those other teams do. Um, it's, a, it's a national thing. And ours is a rugby thing. I'm probably mincing my words there, but um, really keen to hear your thoughts on the relationship between those other teams Nations fans and their team and our team and our fans 0800 150 we'll take some news we'll come back after that
12 to 1 every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. Ah, oh, the great man for Christchurch. Mikey, g'day buddy. <laughs> i got to say, you initially got my back up a little bit when you were saying that, but I guess giving it some thought, I think the issue is, is that, um, I mean, look, the people who ring you literally day in, day out, we love the All Blacks. Mm. We know we do. We're absolutely passionate about them, um, probably to the detriment of other things, but we are very passionate about it, and we're critical because we love them, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's right. the behaviour's different. I'm not, I don't say I've got all of the answers, but you don't hear many All Black fans saying, after getting pumped, but we still love them, but we do hear that from South African fans. <laughs> No, and and that kind of leads me to my point, because I remember, and, and again, harping on about Crusaders, but I remember the day when we first won the first two or three, we had something close to something like 50 to 60, 70, 80,000 people lining the streets when they did their parades, because they really did feel like one of us. And you think back to even 2011 when we won the World Cup, and uh, uh, I heard uh, a few people say that, you know, because we didn't get any of the World Cup down here, and, and we turned out... And, the hundreds of thousands to see the World Cup. Mm. And it would have been the same down Auckland's Main Street. But as time goes on, and I think with um, everyone sort of regresses into sort of social media tweets and what have you, and particularly the management, I guess, kind of like, I mean, you've said how hard it is to get All Blacks mm. and management on to for interviews and stuff. They've built these walls up around them. So Yeah, I, I so you're like saying they're unaccessible now. They were accessible back then. Absolutely. Mm. I was talking uh, when I was in I was in Ireland a, a month or two ago. They absolutely love their team over there, and they have great access to them during the um, the uh, their normal season, not the actual international season, but that all their big stars play in, in their um, normal season, um, and they they're superstars, absolute superstars. Um, but here it just seems harder, and and. I, I think, well, yeah, just not to belay the point too much, I just think it's the, the walls they've put up. Mm. That's probably the point of difference. And also partly we're victims of our own brilliant history that we just want to continue being dominant and it's not happening. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a point of view. Great stuff, Mikey. Always love your points of view, no mate. Well done. Cheers, okay. mate. Cheers. I enjoy this man's point of view as well. He's a proud Tanifar man. Graham, welcome in. G'day, mate. Hey, um, just a couple of things. Oh, I just heard you, you know, what you were talking about. Um, and I sent a text in yesterday. How many coaches and, 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 and advisors and things do the All Blacks meet? Mm. Like, what's, what's, what's Steve Hansen doing there? He's, he's, he's yesterday's man. Well, what's he going to say to them? You know, like, um, well, are they going to get Razor in? He's the hero parent. Why don't they get him in and say... Shit, Razor, we've stuffed this up a bit in the last few games. Can you help us out, sort of thing? Because what, what's Steve going to say? Oh, I just don't get it. Like David Hill's running around with the bottles. Since when was he the All Black water boy? What does he bring to the? I just, I reckon there's 25 add-ons to the team. Like, what do they all do? Yeah, you do. You do <laughs> and they get. Say the, the, and they, 
you know, and they say the NPC is not fit for purpose and it's going broke. Well, I can tell you why there's no money in the bank account, mate. <laughs> you know, like, like it's not hard to work it out, is it? You know? You do get the feeling like, that the All Black team need, and whether they've got it or not, because we're not in the team meeting rooms, uh, just before I say it, um, I have heard that it's a little bit good cop, bad cop, and that Joe Schmidt, bad cop, Ian Foster, good cop, and that, that's a tactic that works in business and sport and all that sort of thing. But is there that central focal point? Is there that... Buck Shelford, is there that Colin Meads type figure that says the crap stops here and this is what we're going to do? And remember when France played here and basically Thierry Dusatois and the senior players, they just kicked Mark Levermont, who was the head coach, they just kicked him to touch um, after they'd lost a couple of pool games. They snuck through, made made it all the way to the final, and that was player-led. And the the South Africans have done that as well. Victor Matfield did the same thing, mate. Yes, he you know, did. Like um, when you know, and that was when you know when Nick Mallet was around. Mm. Like, but yeah, oh, I just think, oh yeah, I just I'm just bloody over it, mate. You know, like, well you said on Monday, like you you well, your first words were you, you're pissed off. Well, I'm I've been pissed off for six years, mate. <laughs> you know, and Dino Dino has been too. We just get fed the same rubbish. And your other point that um you know we've lost that sort of um whatever it was, to the All Blacks. I, I just think because of what we're just talking about and, and how we treat it, mm. you know, like, you know, players are coming out and former players are coming out and coaches are coming out and saying it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that. It, it matters to me, Steph. Like, it matters a lot to me. Like, I grew up loving Sid Going and B.G. Williams. I idolised those guys. Yes. Sid Gowan came to my wedding, mate. I nearly freaking fell over, mate. I thought, and only only through only because I just got to know him a little bit, and, um, and 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 it was it was magic. But I like, and I still when I go back up north, I go and see how he's doing, and or he rings us down. Like, we you and I idolise these guys. We get taught, we get the reason we've lost that connection with them is because they treat us like we're fools, mate. And we're not. That's why we ring these shows and have a groan. Like mm. these, I can tell you, these guys are getting 10 grand a week on tour. That's what they're getting paid. And if you make the 23, you get three grand. Yeah. That's how much they're getting paid. And I know that for a fact, mate. Right? Yeah. Come on, man. Like serious, serious coin. The least you can do when you get interviewed, and sadly you get interviewed by people like JK and Jeff Wilson and say, oh, things didn't go too well there, mate. How do you think you're going to fix it? Oh, we took some learnings from it, JK, and we'll regroup. You know, that's it. Yeah. That's what we've been getting for four years. And then Kirsty says the same thing. Like, I don't, I don't, I like Kirsty, but come on, Kirsty, you've been saying the same, same thing since Ian Foster took over. Well, what do you think went wrong there, Ian, and, and um, how do you think you're going to change it? Every bloody week's the same. <laughs> like, they've lost their connection. They've lost the connection with us. Yeah, we've got to regroup and take the learnings. Yeah, that's crap, mate. You let some fighting talk and say, "Look, we've got to fix this, fix this now." Because, Steph, look at it this way: if France puts a B team up against Italy, Italy win all their other games, they could go through instead of us. Italy could go through instead of us. That's how it could end up. Mm. If you know, with, with points differential. So we might not even get through this year. Mm. And then what's he going to say? Oh, well, um, we'll take, I hope, you know, we, we apologise to the New Zealand public. We've taken some more looties, but uh, I hope some razor regroups. <laughs> you just imagine that. Yeah. But yeah, just, we just, we're getting treated like fools, mate, and, 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 we are, and we are accepted. 
and that's the part that annoys me. And I, you know, I still love the All Blacks, but I'll be glad when this is all over. Even if we win it, I'll be glad when it's all over and we can... Hopefully the next chapter's better for us all. 100%. That's sort of what I'm saying. Top man, Graham. Hey, love your passion. Up the Tony face. Take ah, it easy, brother. See you, boy. Yeah. There's Graham. We'll take a quick break. Joey, you hold on there. We'll take you next. Twelve to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. Yep, and as part of the Headline Hour, we're happy to take calls and texts. Joey, thanks for holding on, buddy. Yeah, g'day, Staff. Yeah, look, mate, you know, you, it's like anything. You've got to be accountable, and the accountability, I think, to me, it looks as though they're scared to to drop players or, or tell players they're not doing a job as if the player will get pack a sad and... Um, and, and, and not, you know, um, play for them. You know, once, once you lose that, I think you lose the, the, the dressing room and everything. And, and, you know, Sam Kane, as much as I like Sam Kane, and, and yes, he, he is an all-black, I don't think he's an all-black captain in the sense when you look at that squad, um, you, you pick a player, you know, he's getting injured too, and I think he's still, he's still got problems uh, with, his, with the head knocks that he's getting. I think that's one of the reasons why he's not playing at the moment as well. Um, you know, Steph, and, and I look at it, and, and you go to the, the go-to guys. I think they should go to go to um, maybe Sam Whitelock or, or Brody Retellick as the captain, because what they bring is, you know, you follow me. It's, it's like Buck Shelford. I do this, and I'm not saying Sam Kane doesn't do that, but I don't think, and I think probably a lot of people will agree with me, that he... Um, We'll put it this way: When 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 Fraser Rob, uh, Fraser, um, what's on take Fraser Robertson takes over the side next year, Sam Kane won't be the captain. I don't think so. And um, as much as that that's harsh, it's just how it is. And you've got to get guys when you're the captain to follow you. And and yes, they all go yeah we will and all that. But you know it, it, it is it is tough. And I think some of the selections they make, they they are too scared to to drop players or. So they're not playing well. And like I said to you yesterday, you know, um, the 5-8 doesn't boss the game. Now, why not give Bowden Barrett a go at 5-8 in, in the next two games? And then maybe against in, in the quarterfinal and say, Richie Mwanga, sorry, mate, I'm not picking you. Um, you know, and, and also, Steph, just the last thing I want to say is why don't they leave on Aaron Smith for at least another, especially against the big, the big guns, yep. another 10, 10, 15 minutes? There's a guy that's got the best pass in the world, one of the best halfbacks, and he only plays 40, 45 minutes, 50 minutes a game. I can't believe that. Mm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, you know, the Aaron Smith one, I talked about it yesterday. Um, I'm happy for him to come off with half an hour to go if you've got something different on the bench, but we had something the same. Finley Christie is sort of an 80% Aaron Smith to me. Um, good distributor, fast runner, but not abrasive. It's the same look, and we needed something different. And but you can't change the bench mid-game, obviously. But um, yeah, I'll be interested to see the lineup, mate. There's got to be some change. And I, I'm just scared that we're going to get a false sense of security when we pump Namibia and Uruguay. That's what I'm scared of. Yeah. Well, also just quickly too, you know, like um, Roygaard. Roygaard, look what Roygaard did against South Africa. Yep. I mean, he came on and he changed the game. He didn't change the game, but he scored a, a damn good try, and he's nuggety. He reminds me of uh, Van der, Van der, 
Westhagen. Uh, van der Van der Van der Westhagen. Yeah. Westhagen. Van der Westhagen. Yeah. He's he's six foot something, and and they they said, oh, we're not picking him because um, he hasn't had enough experience. I'm sorry. When you become an All Black, you get picked. It doesn't matter who we're, who we're playing. If we're playing the best side in the world, you've got to go out there and prove yourself. That's when you actually prove yourself. Yep. He can handle. He can handle France. He can handle South Africa. Mm. I, I tell you now, he can handle it. No problems at all. I just can't believe that they made that call. They turned around and said, "Oh, he hasn't had enough experience." What a load of crap! Mm. Awesome, Joey. I've got to get one more call away before the break. Go the mighty turbos. Go the turbos. Cheers, buddy. Let's talk to Grant quickly. You got a minute, Grant? Sorry. Hey, Steffi, having a good day there, mate. Um, hey, this ain't that profound, and I don't get to listen that much, and it may have been brought up. I'm not sure it's so much player selection. Um, I'm just thinking about the All Blacks tactics. Like We try to gas out the French before half-time, and, and I think everyone would admit that that happened. Mm. Um, but what, what those, those big buggers from France and South Africa and that are allowed to do is slow the game down, like faking injuries and whatnot. Yep. Um, which buys them, you know, and that's, that's at 10 minutes before half-time. Then they get that 10-minute break, which seemed a bit longer in the World Cup the other day, actually. And then they come out, they play another 10 minutes, and then they bring on their new big boys. And I just wonder if that's the wrong tactic at, you know, at the World Cup for, for our ABs. Yeah, you might be right, actually, because they've got that, that side of us all figured out. Grant, um, I'm sorry, we've got an ad break coming that I can't stop. It's just going to crash into us, so I politely thank you for your time, but we do have to stop. Have a good break. Cheers, mate. We'll come back shortly.